and your Amsasia podcast. Yo, take your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. I'm your host, Scott Pugh. This week, we've got Bern Dornham, an adventure racer from Australia, from Melbourne. Uh, Bern is one of the, the very top adventure racers, not just in Australia, but, um, but across the globe. She, uh, she competes in the Thunderbolt AR team, who have podiumed many of the expedition length races and, um, and yeah, finished quite high up in the, um, in the world champs. And she is one half of her um, twin sisters, her and her sister Elizabeth, who also happens to be an adventure racer. They both came from a, a triathlete background. And the two of them are actually headed to Fiji as we speak to compete in the Eco Challenge, um, a race that's been brought back to life. It was originally started by Mark Burnett of, uh, of Survivor fame and they've brought the race back and it's going to be headed up by Mark Burnett and, uh, and Bear Grylls and will be televised on Amazon Prime. It's actually not going to be published till, uh, till 2020 but yeah the race is happening this next week and it is billed as being the toughest race in the world and uh, I've um, uh, we, it'd be really interesting to see how um, how Bern and, and Liz perform um, with uh, their teammate Sloshy and um, really um, really like this story. She's um, a phenomenal athlete, and the progression through a multitude of endurance sports is um, is just a, a very interesting uh, in story. And the competitiveness between her and her sister is uh, is quite fascinating and um the yeah I'm, I'm really really excited to see how they um how they get on over at the the eco challenge um really also pleased to be able to showcase the adventure racing sport again it's a sport that i'm quite passionate about and i'm i'm glad that it's getting a resurgence um and it follows on from us speaking to ryan blair last week who has been out in uh, in Chamonix uh, with um, the North Face Adventure Racing team this past week, and there's some phenomenal results there, which will, um, which Rick and I will will get to speak about at, at the end of the podcast. But uh, yeah, let's get straight into this then. So, uh, Burn Dornham. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining, cause things ain't that bad. Cool. Burn, Burn Dornham, welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast. Thank you. It's, Excited uh, to be here. Yeah, no, it's really good to have you on. We're here in uh, in Melbourne in a, a chilly autumn e- evening in Melbourne, and uh, and yeah, it was good to get a chance to to come and chat with you. You're you're fresh off uh, uh, a race in uh, in India just a, a a week or so ago. Yeah, I wouldn't say fresh off it, <laughs> but yes, definitely, I've just come back from India, so um, still feeling a little bit of the effects of it. Yeah, re- recovering. <laughs> Um, recovering from uh, the exploits in Expedition India. 
So I, I was really keen to, to catch up with you because uh, as one of the top endurance athletes and, and adventure racing athletes in, in Australia, um, I really wanted to, to f you know, bring you on and, and get you to share what's happening in the ad adventure racing world uh, across the region, across Asia Pacific. I know that you've obviously just got back from India, but interested to hear if you'll be out in Sri Lanka in the World Series coming up and, uh, and really to find out the, your background as well. Uh, how you've come into to get into the to the sport so uh, so yeah with that like wh where did it all come from like how, how did you manage to sort of get into the adventure racing world I reckon uh, I sort of got into adventure racing maybe five or six years ago um, I've sort of come from my background just at school and uni days was just doing a bit of everything and, and anything lots of sports lots of team sports um, and then I we did play a lot of touch footy and always ran and was always up for a challenge. I think I'd done a few Oxfam trail walkers. Um, you did the, there's one in Melbourne? You did yeah, Melbourne? I did yeah. that about four times. I did one in London when I was over there traveling. Um, so Is just that the South Downs Way? Yeah, 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 that was pretty cool. So I've often done that in a female team and done pretty well and just always up for a challenge. And I think I came back from overseas, like working in London and France um, in about 2009 and got into triathlon and did a fair bit of uh, triathlon uh, went to sort of Ironman but one of the races that came up sort of during while I was doing a bit of triathlon was the Marysville to Melbourne race yes. which yeah. was a flat water kayak at the end which I'd done a lot of kayaking for the Murray Marathon sort of in my uni or uni days and when I was working um, so that's a, like a kayaking, long kayaking race. So What's had the distance of that? The Murray Marathon's a 404-kilometre kayak over four or five days. So but normally it was between Boxing Day and New Year's. Got you. When I was doing it. So you could do it in a team or a relay. So I did that and for years and you can do the whole there, thing. So yeah, you just have a set distance each day, um, which makes it sound really easy now that you sort of <laughs> go all night. But it was still quite challenging at the time uh, to be paddling those those sort of distances. Um, just in a real social type team. We did it in a relay and then we did it um, a few times a full distance, sort of, which is good. Um, so yeah, the Mrs. Marysville to Melbourne race had a trail run, had a road bike, which I'd sort of had from triathlon and yeah. a, a flat water kayak. And I was like, oh, that's perfect for me. I think it was ending up being about a nine hour day. Yeah. And so, yeah, my sister Elizabeth and I both did this race, not knowing anything much about it. And we actually did really well and came one, two, I think in this race. Oh, wow. And then at the end, so at the end of this race, there was a few people that were supposed to beat us who were favorites or whatever. But I met a lot of the adventure racing crowd because not many of the triathlon crowd do kayaking. Yeah. So they were kind of around and we sort of made a name for ourselves, I suppose, in that. And they're like, you should, you should do these adventure races or, you know, come down and do, I think the Lawn Adventure Fest was on that time. So we sort of got a mountain bike and went into that and turned up to a, what I really remember was turned up to a kayaking session with Jared Kohler of Peak Adventure and he'd just come back from all these races in China and some of these expeditions and he was talking about all these weird, crazy races where they went all night and did, you know, crazy stuff. And I was just thinking, wow, if I hang out with him long enough, I could do that. That sounds really cool. Like, you know, that, that switch in my brain that obviously makes me a good endurance athlete that thinks more pain is actually a good thing or like sounds cool as opposed to you know not running during. it's running to it rather than running away from it it's something that oh, I want to do that yeah and so um yeah I think 
you know, you fast forward a year later and I've been to China and raced with him and, you know, just got into adventure racing from that. So I tried to mix, I did mix like Ironman and adventure racing for quite a bit yeah. and still do, but less Ironmans of late because the, the expedition racing just takes up so much more time, yeah. um, both for leave, but also for training. So probably doing more adventure racing than the Ironman at the moment. But so you said you got back from the UK 2009. Yeah, yeah. so I was over at there for about four years. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, but where, did, where were, you, were you in uh, London? Yeah, or? I worked in London um, for a couple of years and then did three seasons in France on the ski slopes. So oh. it was it was a wonderful life, <laughs> <laughs> just living it up. I think I definitely, I think dream. I travelled just about as much as I worked or more than I worked. So oh, it was a great time. Yeah, must have, like there. doing a ski season, let alone three. Oh, years no, like, I did well. one and thought, oh, like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Let's do it again. So, yeah, <laughs> ended up doing three, had a ball. And then when you got back to Australia in 2009, you that's when you got into triathlons. Yeah, I just sort of, I'd done a couple with some corporate triathlons. Um, I think I, yeah, got a road bike so I could do the, the little, the Gatorade series and the um, active tri series. Um, just the local races around here and sort of started to do a little bit better um, you know from couldn't didn't swim that well to start with so I used to come out sort of back mid to back and then ride past a few and run past a few more um, but as you know got a bike and then hooked up with uh, coach Julie Teddy um, started to do it better and started to podium and started to to maybe even win some of these little races so I think then I was hooked yeah. yeah. When was your first Ironman then? Uh, 2013. Okay, so you had a few years one. doing just like Olympic yeah, distance. Yeah, yep, just sort of building it up. And then I did a couple of half Ironmans. Um, I think Falls Creek was the first half Ironman I did. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe in 2011 or... T- yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah, the Melbourne Ironman was on in... The first was on in 2012... I think, and I, along with my tri squad, were there just at an aid station helping out. Yeah. And we watched, you know, from the very first elite runners to the very back of the field, watched them all come through our aid station at about 30 k's or something. And yeah, my coach was there and my sister was there and we we're all looking at each other going, you're going to do this, aren't you? Yep. And just, like, <laughs> signed up the next day or whatever. Like that was it. It was you knew it was going to happen eventually, but uh, that kind of probably fast-tracked it a bit. Yeah, it's fine. I haven't actually uh, done many aid stations or stuff at races, but I, but I think it's a really good thing to do, isn't it? Just yeah. to be able to watch people, watch that they do going through transitions. Oh, absolutely. I've um, support crewed for a lot of different races and helped out aid stations or followed teams, you know, at Oxfams or various, you know, supported races. And it's, oh, it's the best fun. Like, yeah. it's, um, you get the excitement and the um, energy from everyone racing and it doesn't hurt as much yeah um and you can you know you know what they need because you've done it before so it's um yeah it's very motivating and exciting you know and i think it's a natural pathway that a lot of support crew is doing up doing the race you know the next yeah. year or or at some stage because they do see it and get caught up in it and then you've got a bit of a feel for what you need to do yeah as yeah well. and so then you sign up for the following year the 2013 melbourne yeah. ironman yeah and how did you get on yeah not bad look i was super nervous um for the whole lead up just you know i'd run a couple of marathons and they were hard like you know they are hard um running a flat marathon and i just couldn't get in my head 
going, I'm going to run a marathon after I've ridden 180 k's and had a swim. Like, man, this is, that's not going to be fun. How did you get on in your marathons when you um, were doing, did you do like Melbourne or? Yeah, did I did Melbourne a few times. Look, that was, um, yeah, I've had some good ones. I would love to do another marathon now because I haven't Yet. done one as when I've sort of been more trained, I suppose. I've sort of given them a crack myself and I think, you know. It's weird with marathons because I think everyone thinks that when you say you do ultra running or doing it, they say like, what's your marathon time? Yeah. And as it's almost like the benchmark. Yeah. Of like that's the litmus test of how good. Yeah. I, I've never run one and actually I I don't want one because of that. Yeah. Because, of, because most of the ultras that you would run, I, I do, they're, you know, they're lumpy. The time has no relevance yep, really because it's completely different. Same as an adventure race. It has no, they're never the same course. Yeah. Although ultra marathons are, but um, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of put off with marathon, but I'd, I'd like to just train for one for like six months and just like to smash out like a, a sub three yeah. and, then, and then go, right, never again. But Yeah, um, I think that's, you know, I was again sort of talking with my sister and both of us are keen. We've got to probably run a marathon if we want to do a marathon and do it well, you know, aim for that sub three. Um, it's probably got to be soon before we start slowing down. I've probably got a yeah. few years left yet, but you know, the there's going to be a point racing, where you start to slow down. Like a lot of the top elite adventure racers, like they're in their forties, and you can race into your well yeah. into your fifties. Yeah, like my and racing. they race well and quick. Some of the guys, yeah. I'm like, oh well, I've got I've got ten years to be as quick as you, but geez, like they go they go well. Yeah, so. but I do think with a marathon, like in. That in a strange way, I'd almost rather do an ultra marathon or a hundred kilometer race um, with less training than I would a marathon. You know, a marathon, yeah. I think you do need that real specific dedicated training, you know, hit the, the road for long and the speed um, to really, to give it a good crack. Yeah. I think the beauty of a lot often of adventure racing is that you can do a lot of different training and it's all going to help because you don't really know what you expect and a lot of it's mental as well of yeah. training that's just the unexpected and expecting that yeah. um, so in some ways you know the ultra marathons you kind of think a lot of it's you just got to grit through it and just keep going but it's okay to stop and walk up a hill if yeah. you need whereas in a marathon you wouldn't want to be doing that so yeah, i don't know yeah. in some strange way so so that first ironman then you uh yeah you've done a you've done a few uh marathons leading up to it and thinking like putting that yeah. book ending like the ride and uh the swim and ride after that is going to be torture but, yeah. uh, but how did it play oh, look, out i had a book i did really well. the 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 swim was absolutely horrendous um in that it was the conditions were like a washing machine and they'd shortened it for that year to a like I think it was about 1.5 yeah down in Frankston and they just had um super like it was a washing machine so we took off and you'd ride the top of this wave and you'd almost be airborne and land on the competitors that were underneath you and then you'd have competitors landing on top of you so it was a bit of a a scrap it was hilariously funny but it was like the conditions were pretty average um and then yeah when they shortened it what did they shorten it down to um they shortened it down maybe I think it was one and a half k's or two and there was like just sort of turning around a boy which moved a bit and there were some people that cut like turned early i think so it was a bit got a bit messy um but yeah look the ride was pretty solid nothing went wrong just sort of kept going and it was i did actually enjoy the run um 
my dad was came like it was in Melbourne, so we had yeah. all family and friends and acquaintances all the way around. You know, being in your hometown, so that was amazing. Um, and I think my dad came and saw me, I don't know, maybe ten k's into the run, and he, you know, I'd obviously been talking to him about it, going, "Oh, like I don't want to run a marathon after 180 k's. Like that's gonna hurt." And he kind of saw me, and he's like, "Oh, you're you're looking all right. Do you, do you feel as good as you look?" I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I kind of feel all right now. Like, well, no, I probably shouldn't, but yeah, no, I feel all right. So, yeah, it certainly. Um, Did he say, well, like, crack on? No, yeah. he was just <laughs> a little sort of surprise, which yeah, I yeah. suppose I was as well in what I had yeah. thought it would be. And it is, you know, it's a different pace that you're running. You get that nice Ironman shuffle going and, yeah. you know, that consistent pace that you're aiming for, just gradual fade. Yeah. Um, was your was your dad into into because I know that obviously you and your sister are absolute guns like where oh no I know he got you into tennis when you were yeah, young yeah my dad sort of um, he's probably the sportsman of like my mum certainly isn't I'm sure my mum was one of those um, people that would have got notes to get out of PE yeah. when she was at school <laughs> she's you know not an athletic she, she didn't necessarily enjoy that um, my dad swam a bit and played played footy. Um, he plays, you know, he plays a bit of golf. He plays a lot of golf now, yeah. um, and a bit of tennis. And mum, mum does play tennis um, yeah. now. And but they weren't like forcing things. you into it. They no, weren't like dragging you down. I think um, we play. We just from an early age did little athletics and yeah. tennis and netball um, to keep ourselves active, and I think burn off lots of energy. So my yeah. sister and I um, were very competitive against each other, and probably kept us each ourselves motivated. Yeah, and um, it's just the two of you. You've got my no younger sister, um, she did a little bit of sport at school. She's definitely not yeah. um, as sporty as we are, and probably yeah. to carve out a you know a difference from her t- older twin sisters. She's definitely into the music and um, languages a lot more than yeah. than my sister and I, are, who are definitely into sports. Yeah. Um, and my brother, he's um, eight years younger than me. He, I think, in any other family would be considered very sporty. But, he kind of, um, <laughs> but, that, but he's the run to the litter in yours. <laughs> yeah, but he certainly, so he certainly does a bit of sports and he's done his, you know, fair share of Oxfams and yeah. um, has given a few challenges and cracks. So he, yeah, yeah. he, he'd he give it a go. So yeah, I think in any other family, he'd be considered quite sporty, <laughs> but he, he probably still gets overlooked a little bit with my sister and I, with Elizabeth and I, so... So that yeah. two thirty two uh, twenty thirteen Ironman. So you you got a uh, you placed in the, uh, your age group. Oh, uh, I think I oh from memory might have been about seventh or something. I okay. think my sister. Well, that was the other thing. She beat me, so you know was I she did really the well. same one So we both raced that one. That was okay, both our so first that wasn't one. You, so you qualified for Kona then? No, we qualified. Um, both of us qualified. For, so she qualified from that one in Melbourne. Yeah. I think she might have been fifth or fourth or something, and I was just behind her. Yeah. Um, which You're doesn't like matter brown, how doesn't like matter how good it is. It doesn't matter how like good that. you go. Yeah. In an Ironman, and I loved it. It was my first one, but everyone's straight away was like, "Oh, but your sister beat you." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, she did, but I, <laughs> I still had a good race." But it's like that same thing. It doesn't matter if I come second last in a race. If she's last, it's a great race. Like you know. <laughs> The amount of times we've had like whiplash just trying to check, is she behind me? She's still behind me? Is she coming? Is she That's catching me? That's like, an interesting oh, dichotomy because just... I'm sure like you make each other better for sure. Yeah. That competitive, like I, competitiveness does make people better regardless, whether it's the business yeah. world, whether it's personal, whether it's racing. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just makes me think of the, the, uh, the Brownlee brothers as well, although they're not obviously twins, but yeah. they're... Um, 
there's that that really iconic moment where um, Alistair picks up the yeah. younger one when he just like hit the wall through dehydration yeah. and dragged him over the line. And uh, have you guys had any of those situations in the two where you racing against each other? Uh, where you're like, or would you be like, Fucker, I'm gone. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> well, like you that. should have drunk some water, Elizabeth. I'm off. Yeah, <laughs> you would have done the cursory. Oh, are you all right? Oh, well, see ya. <laughs> um, well, probably in that Marysville to Melbourne race, we've done it a few years. And I think w- when it was running, the three years that it did, I think, um, we sort of raced around each other together for most of the race. Um, and then in the kayak, I think the first year she beat me because I'd fallen out in the kayak and she came past. And the second year I did the same, like it was the opposite that she she fell out and I went past. So it's yeah. like, that. oh, I'd help if I could, but I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep going. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. I th- Whack them with your paddle <laughs> on the way past. Yeah, I don't think we've done um, I think because we've always raced against each other um, and always been – like we're the same like identical twins we're genetically the same um environmentally very similar we're always going to be very similar um in our skills and stuff and abilities and so we've always been um compared so as much as we are competitive against each other it's not like a a negative rivalry you know and it's actually quite supportive and you can understand um how the other one's feeling etc at the same time it's always as much as you go, oh, it doesn't matter, we both have good races, it's still nice to be the one that's can say that from ahead yeah. and from behind. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think it does make it difficult sometimes when you're, or you've always got that comparison that yeah. of racing against each other. We played a bit of tennis together um, and when we used to play together in the club champs, it was, you know, the sidelines, nobody knew who to barrack for. Because yeah. you're just like, I can't barrack for one because I'll fa- show favouritism, like parents. So it was always a horrible match. Because we've got the same strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, Nobody seen... ever really wins. It's oh, it's kind of that frustrating. Come to think of it, I'm thinking of like the Williams sisters. You never really see them play. Like they play yeah. doubles together. You never see them play against each other. That's though, tr- yeah, they? They yeah, I'm yeah, to think I'm sure of, they like, have a beer. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they trained against yeah. each other and that's it. Well, just in competition, you probably wouldn't have. Yeah, uh, and so you both qualified for the 2014 Kona. Uh, 2015 Kona, we did. Um, yeah, she raced in Melbourne again and got a spot from there, and I raced Port Macquarie Ironman and got a spot from yeah. there. So um, that, that was great. Parents came experience. across. Um, my one of our best friends, she came across. So we had a ball. It was my first time racing there. Elizabeth had raced the two years two years ago or two years prior to that at what point did Kona become a goal for you um well I think once as soon as you do Ironman you kind of think yeah it is and certainly for the first Ironman I did it was all about getting through it and finishing it um and then after that you're trying to not have it as your goal that you need to qualify or you want to qualify um but it's certainly a nice bonus yeah. When you're up that sort of point of your end, yeah. and you've got an opportunity, um, and it is, it is amazing experience. You know, the, it's a good, it's a bloody tough race. Yeah, so <laughs> um, it's lumpy, it's hot. Yeah, it's, uh, so yeah. it's really hard, and I think there's I've never seen 
during that race I've never seen so many explosions of people because they all think oh this is the world champs this is my chance this is today today is the day that I'm going to hold that extra two percent and it's hot and windy and humid and everyone's racing hard so you just see some spectacular explosions so I think just there was plenty of athletes out there on the day who should have who you know should beat me by a long way but just you know i just was like i've i've been over and watched it i know i'm gonna race smart and just get through it and not be a puddle at the end of the race so you're just on the run passing all these people that have just gone you know that have passed you on the bike way too fast and just exploding in spectacular ways it's just (laughs) oh so yeah definitely was happy just to to get through and to get through well and you know not have to be crying or yeah, <laughs> in a puddle yeah, somewhere crawling over the yeah, finish line yeah, yeah. and uh and how did uh so you and that was once again you were both racing in the yeah, same year yeah yeah, yeah yeah she got me again in that year <laughs> uh, i'll claim that she'd done it before so she had a bit more experience but no time. it was yeah, pretty yeah. good and uh, and then so when did the adventure racing come in so soon after that oh uh, i think so while bef- during that and before I think we'd started a f- uh, both of us had probably started a few. It was the, the sort of race that from uh, Murray that you did around that sort of time, right? Um, yeah, that Marysville to Melbourne was around that Marysville same time, I think, um, or similar. You know, maybe a little bit before the Ironman. Um, and there was lots of adventure races. You know, the we have Australia's got a great series of a few forty-eight hour races, so you could sort of do them on a weekend. You could be training for your Ironman or some of your longer triathlons and um, slot in a race yeah. on the weekend because you could, you know, you can mix your training quite a bit yeah. for adventure racing, um, whereas you need to be a bit more yeah, consistent with really, Ironman. Yeah, so I think training for an Ironman is good for adventure racing, but training for adventure racing is isn't not, so good for an Ironman. Yeah. So that, that's what kind of puts me off Ironman is that it just the, the training on the road and uh, both on bike and on foot just puts me off it's yeah. um yeah it just becomes oh, were you doing a lot indoors on a train no or it no was all and outdoors yeah it? most of it outdoors and Melbourne's I'd, a great place to train yeah for, right? i don't I, I um don't enjoy or it's find it very hard to motivate yourself to run on a treadmill or to sit on an ergo for long periods and the best thing about most of the ironmans or all the ironmans that i've done is that you've had a good group of people around you or some training partners that you can go on your long rides with and do long runs with and yeah. yeah, most of it's done outside and I'm sort of a bit of a believer of um, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. And once okay. the hardest thing is getting out there, but once you're out, it's much better than sitting on the ergo for so many hours or whatever. So yeah, that, seems, that seems tedious. It's yeah. a bit just, just do it. But yeah, doing, certainly doing it with a group yeah. makes it a lot more enjoyable and it is really trying to pit your skills and fitness against others you know you you so predictable a little bit um you know you, you're sitting on numbers and you're trying to well, heart rate percentages and stuff yeah. you can go from that so that's it's a good skill in itself yeah to be learning to, learning how to race and an them. amazing foundation to then actually go and start doing adventure racing it's right? great you, you just those long hours of training at lower intensities and just maintaining that is really good base for adventure racing where you just go and go and you know the difference with adventure racing is that you do have moments where it spikes a lot higher you know you can't sit at a designated heart rate for long times you've just you're going up and down sometimes you're going a lot higher and working really hard when you're going up a hill or faster but then you get some sort of recovery times when you're into transitions or you know going downhill so 
What, what was your first expedition length adventure race? Oh, it was God's Quite, Own. God's Own. Yeah, which, um, for, yeah, it's one of the toughest. What or, year was that? Um, 2016. Yeah. yeah, 2016 God's Own. So I think I'd just done Bustleton Ironman the year before. No, that was, oh, no, the Hawaiian Ironman. And then, yeah, yeah in the year before. And it was, oh, I was petrified. I think I'd done um, like some 48-hour races, so I knew how to go through a night, um, but I'd never had to sleep during a race um, or anything. And God's Own is definitely one of the toughest races. It's it's a full-on adventure. Nothing's going to be easy. There's no easy kilometres. Um, they intentionally just, make it oh, as hard as they possibly can. It's amazing. Right? And New Zealand has the best terrain yeah. for adventure races. It's designed, like there's no, there's a, there's a reason that a lot of, the, all the Kiwis are tough and good adventure races because their terrain on their doorstep is just adventure racing paradise. Yeah. So it, it, and it lives up to its name, like God's Own's amazing. It's just, um, but amazingly tough. And I did it with three guys who um, had raced a lot. So as novice as I felt, I was super confident that they would know what to do and they were giving me lots of tips and do this and anything they said, I was like, yep, 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 got it, yep, yep, yep. And just learnt heaps um, and it was amazing, like amazingly tough. I remember, I think there must have been 10 legs or something or in it. I remember on the third leg, it must have been about 43 hours in, it was some trek and I we hadn't slept at all yet, so we'll sleep monsters are coming in. It was the middle of the night. And we'll had about seven K down this four wheel drive track to the TA, which you could see the lights for, but they just weren't getting any closer. And my legs were shot, like quads just gone and you'd you know, just had gradual down. We'd been trekking on this trek leg for a day and a half or something. And I was just thinking, I feel like I'm at the end of an Ironman. Like, and this is like three <laughs> of <laughs> ten. What the hell? Like, oh. So, yeah, getting through that um, was a real eye-opener. You know, just having your first sleep in a race. It's like, oh, yeah, I get to sleep. Get, oh, go to sleep. Oh, you're too excited. Oh, go to sleep. So, yeah, that... Um, I was definitely hooked. Yeah, so 2016. Where was the where was the race? Uh, I was in Nelson. Okay, so Abel Tasman so National Park like the and around of there. The South Island. Yeah, yeah, it was. Spe- what sort of distance was it that year? Oh, um, it I don't was know. Like a ten day or it, so. uh, the ten day was the last was last okay. year. I think it was a typical seven or eight day. Yeah. So we must have done it about five and a half or six days. I think. Um, I dislocated my shoulder on like the second last You're leg on, on the, the bike uh, on the bike leg was the second last leg I just unclipped on the wrong side and literally sort of this single track that was a bit wet just as dusk was coming in and you're tired because you're five days into this race or something um, and I fell down a, found a cliff grabbed, like stuck my arm up to grab a tree to stop myself falling and pop my were shoulder out were you stationary clipping out or oh, no, moving were, a little but yeah. just sort of that was all really rooty and slippery so I sort of unclipped her, but just oh. missed it toppled off yeah dislocated my shoulder and I was lying there saying a few unsavoury words screaming just a little and Hugh and Josh came up to me as I was holding my arm screaming and I think Hugh took my arm so they could help take my pack off and it popped back in and I was like oh oh that feels better (laughs) all right well let's tape it up 
let's keep going. And they were like really worried. But I was like, I've already done five days of this race. I am, there's no way we're not finishing. Like I've done this. Like, so yeah, I think, um, I walked my, or ran with my bike for a bit cause I didn't want to, you know, while we're on the single track and then got back on and kind of the spasm kind of reduced over a bit of time. And I was like, and oh. was it, do you have a lot of technical riding after that? Um, so that there was a little bit more technical riding, which I sort of ran on. And then the boys yeah. um, jumped ahead of me and were like, if anything was a bit dodgy, I said, tell me and I'll get off early so that I don't land on it again. Cause I didn't really, that's what I didn't want to do. Um, and then, yeah, by the time that it got to the end of the bike, I must've had another four or five hours riding. It had kind of relaxed a little bit, you know, in that position. And then we had a six hour kayak. Oh. to finish with the sprint finish in the end and I how was the kayak with your did you with, well with to your... start with i think hugh who i was paddling with um he was a bit excited because he's like oh well i'll get to go with burn and get in a better boat because we had different boats there was two types of boats that we'd used in the first kayak leg so he was like oh well he's a strong paddler he'll paddle with me and he'll get in a good boat which would be comfortable so he was kind of a bit relieved and then when we realized that they we were going to both get the same good boats yeah. the barracudas he was like oh, now I'm in a boat with Bern and she can't paddle. <laughs> Not <laughs> and, so excited. And you couldn't paddle? But I, yeah, I could actually paddle. I started with just keeping my elbow right by my side and just yeah. sort of not doing much. Yeah, just, do, just paddling yeah. one side. Oh, like, you could just sort of get it in. And yeah. then after like an hour, you know, after a little while, it sort of warmed up and you're so numb from everything yeah. anyway that I could actually put in a decent stroke and get Have it going. Have you dislocated and, it again since? Because uh, normally if you do it once, it's yeah, prone to I've come out been lucky I haven't dislocated it again, but I've yeah. certainly... Um, had a couple of issues. Had a, like a few, like jarter or it gets a bit weak. Often I've sort of re-injured it a few little times. Just yeah. um, normally when I'm going down rapids kayaking, I've, if I come out of my boat for some reason, I try to do that occasionally, <laughs> see if I'm better beside the boat or in the boat, and it's still better in the boat. But often, yeah, if I've, I've injured a couple of times just being caught in rapids, um, just jarted a little bit more. So it's definitely my weaker shoulder. Yeah. Um, but with... If I keep the strengthening stuff up, then it yeah. survives all right. So I've been pretty lucky. I didn't need any surgery or anything. How did you finish up that year? Um, well, we finished. And I think we were just outside the top 10. Yeah. Um, how many competitors do they normally have? How many teams do they normally oh, have? Oh, Godzone has like 50 to 70 teams. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how many were yeah, in it that year, but it's big, yeah, big numbers. Um, and the Kiwis are just yeah. Bloody tough. They, nobody's been able to beat them. Yeah. You know, a few have tried. International teams have tried. Um, no, no international team has ever won. No, yeah. no. There's a f yeah. yeah. It's always yeah. been taken out by Kiwis. Yeah, and yeah. I think Chris Vaughan's won all but one of them, I think. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Just, um, they're, they're tough. Kiwis, yeah, yeah. Are, Kiwis are a tough breed. <laughs> they're bloody good at and they've got amazing terrain to do it on. So, yeah, yeah to beat them at their own game. I think, although it would be good, they'd be very, very heartbroken. Yeah. And what about in your own source? So the first uh, expedition adventure race, and we say expedition, they're normally always like b between three and seven days yeah. and sometimes up to 10. But what was, um, so after doing, uh, with the, after doing God's Own, were there any, the Adventure Race World Series? So the XBD? Yeah. And so after the, um, I think after God's Own, the next one I did was Shoalhaven, which was the World Champs. In, yes. in Aladulla yeah, in yeah. or Shoalhaven in yeah. 2017. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. So that was the same year. Yeah. So that, you know, 
you go in at least knowing a little bit more what to expect. And we had a good race. There was quite a few Aussie teams around um, and we were pipped by 10 seconds for first Aussie team. I think we came sixth and uh, our mates were another team, came fifth with the sprint finish to the end. Your sister wasn't in that team, No, no, <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, so we were sixth at that at the World Champs that that yeah. year. And were there some obviously Kiwis and French um, teams? In yeah, there? the uh, Seagate won yeah. it that year. Yeah, um, I think Adventure Medical Kits came second. I can't remember who came yeah. third, but yeah, yeah. So we did. We were super happy with that. Yeah, that yeah. That year. One, actually, my mate Paddy raced that one, and that's the kayak. There was a crazy kayak in that one, wasn't there? A crazy seat. I mean, there always is. Oh, like, there was, was a, a super. Good, yeah, there was a was pack a, raft yeah. that went. So you in. You walked down to the the river, the Shoalhaven River, I think it was, um, and then you pack rafted for maybe seven hours, and then yeah. you transitioned straight to a kayak. Yeah. So I think we end up paddling for 15 hours straight, like seven hours in a kayak and then uh, in the pack raft and then eight hours in a kayak and like sleep monsters, like night two or three or something by then, the sleep monsters and the crazy bits. Everyone swears along the Shoalhaven River where they were pack rafting that there was all these carvings on the rocks, yeah, which there wasn't. But you can talk to anyone and they're like, oh, yeah, we saw that one. And everyone yeah. saw this boat up on the hills that definitely wasn't there. It was a, a real or not real yeah, situation. Yeah, graffiti and like yeah. getting to the second night. So, yeah, same so that was just yeah. psychedelic because we started that kayak just as it was getting dark. So you, you can't really stop because you're cold. You're not going to – you just got to get through it. But, oh. Nav in a kayak – at night is just I find it so so difficult it just I, I get comp so disorientated in the water yeah and like uh, yeah in the kayak it's really really tough yeah you've it? really got to stay on that bearing and things and I um, suppose I'm in a lucky position that um, I've raced a lot with Hugh and he's an amazing navigator so um, and I often don't do a lot of the navigating in races so he, yeah it's just which is great I'm yeah, happy but yeah. yeah they do he does an amazing amazing job it's quite impressive but certainly yeah it's dark you can't see anything and you're trying to work out which bend you're on and is that a inlet there or a little stream that you're going through which yeah. in daylight is fine just in night it's just forgets to get through yeah and the sleep you know as soon as you sit in a kayak um it's just like rocking the you to sleep, sleep really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you just, oh, I'll just shut one eye. Oh, maybe I'll shut the other. Oh, look, I'll just do both just for a bit. And yeah, you know, you're trying to talk whatever you tell, whatever stories you can to keep each other awake. And oh, yeah. it's just. Uh, the, the team dynamic in adventure racing is right. It's a bit. I mean, you've you've done trail walker a few times. Yeah. That's sort of how often people get into it. And actually, how I got into ultra running was um, through doing um, the sort of team of four. Yeah. Um, but it's a very interesting dynamic when you're out there for five days, six days together. Like, what what's your secrets for success in terms of uh, team dynamic? Look, I think, yeah, you definitely want to be racing with your mates. Yeah. You want to be racing with people that you get along with um, because when the she did a fan <laughs> you want to be able to rely on the people around you and get on with them and you know when you're tired and hungry and exhausted and lost and it's the middle of the night and you know you're cold you you're at your wits end so it's really easy something someone annoys you during, when you're when they're you're not in that position um, then it's going to be really hard to get along so it is a lot about communicating and making you sure you're all feeling together. Um, so the team that I generally race with, sort of now Thunderbolt, um, we see each other. Three of us are in Melbourne, and yeah. one of us, and Hugh lives in Sydney. So 
we train a little bit. We train a bit together. Just yeah. you know, go on random adventures and stuff. Um, yeah, a few. We certainly race together yeah, a yeah. lot, and then um, yeah, there's there's a good community or good group of you know a few different teams that we sort of all raced in various combinations. Um, so we'll often race or uh, train together and go on adventures together. Yeah. Um, but I certainly still do a lot with my tri, a tri group or the, the tri group and yeah. um, with others. So it's not a bad thing that when you get to race, you've actually got stuff to talk about. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And stories to tell that you were like, oh, oh yeah, you were there for that one. Oh, do you yeah. remember? Th- oh yeah, you were there for that as well. <laughs> so it is good to, that you've got other stuff to talk about and you're not sick of each other just already before you start. Um, we can wait for a few days in before you get sick of each other. So yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. When you get tired and more stuff goes wrong, you don't feel like talking. So if you can, un- if you understand each other well and their strengths and weaknesses, there's a lot that doesn't need to be said. You know, th- yeah. that's the beauty of racing with people that a bit, the, you know, a similar team or people that you know and that you're not finding out these things in the middle of the night. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to, when I get tired, I forget to eat. So somebody needs to tell me to eat, you know. Yeah, the, those little things that yeah. you only get after, like, yeah, the racing together yeah. multiple times. And you uh, can, you know, you trust each other yeah. more and you sort of inherently slip into the roles of, you know, you know what you're strong at and what they're weak at and where you can help yeah, well, and how you fit I, I'm in. I'm interested in that, actually. What, what do you see? Because that was one of the things when I raced XPD. It was my first expedition race. And I was like, I actually don't know what my role here is. I was... Um, Kind of the kind of the donkey, the grunt yeah. man. Carry. I wasn't like we had the nav guy and then the co nav and um, and then the pack. You need a pack horse. And yeah. then I was the pack horse, just carrying the ship. But then um, yeah, I, I like. But then you also need the people to some people to like to keep spirits up. Yeah. You know, there's a what, yeah. what do you what what are the sort of key roles? Well, often I'm mandatory equipment, so you yeah. know I've got to be there, which is great uh, yeah. as as a chick. Um, but no, I think I'm generally pretty good at. Uh, logistics and sort of being on top of what needs to go where and what we are you know what else needs to happen so yeah. like, like packing up the boxes yeah packing up the sure boxes and, and making sure sh- yeah right making sure we've got all the equipment and stuff and what's coming up and what we're going to have to do so that sort of strategy for things yeah. I'm not too bad at um yeah generally for me the first day is often tough because the guys are stronger or I want to be racing with stronger guys so they're often a bit faster than me certainly yeah. on the bike um while their testosterone's still going but after that first night and you know into the second day then I tend not to slow down as often yeah. chicks you know once the boys have burnt their testosterone off um then they sort of slow down a bit more than you'll slow down so I, you know by the end of the the race often I'm end up carrying more pack and carrying their packs as opposed to them carrying mine like yeah. that might have done the first days yeah yeah um, that makes sense. and yeah I tend to go right overnight like you're without a physiotherapist sleep. as well yeah. right? so I'm sure that's sort of like the first aid star <laughs> yeah <laughs> certainly I've got that covered which often in adventure race they're like oh this is so I'm like oh yeah yeah okay yeah take a painkiller and keep going like <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's sort of yeah yeah all right yep keep going <laughs> I'm you know I'm being as sympathetic as I can but basically the answer is suck it up and keep going because yeah. we can't do much until suck you start <laughs> Uh, yeah, so certainly that kind of cover that off. But yeah, I suppose I do all right without sleep. Like I like my sleep, but I 
don't tend to get too many sleep monsters. They're trying to keep everyone awake. Yeah. I've got a horrendous... Try, sorry, you've got horrendous... I've got a horrendous repertoire of bad jokes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I tr- bring them out when we're trying to stay awake and I'm sure that makes us go faster because they're trying to get away from them. But, <laughs> the the yeah, shanta, they don't get the, any the better. Banter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we're just about on sleeping. Do you train for for sleep? Because I, I'm always like, do you do you do I, like through the night training to train yourself for sleep de- deprivation, or is it best just to get a lot of sleep and then you can put up with it? When yeah, you haven't got it? I, I think um, before I'd done any stuff through the night, I think f- like the first Oxfam trail walker, we did a few hikes overnight, you know, yeah. to practice with our lights and just to practice at night. I think we you know, did a few Friday nights after work. We go out for dinner and then train through the night. So you had that fatigue as well. Um, and then once you've done, you know, so the first few times you're going through a night, so some of those 48-hour races where you're racing through a night without any sleep, um, I think once you've done that a few times and, you've, you know, you've ridden your bike at night or you've, um, you've got those things, then I don't think there's a lot of benefit in doing training sessions to go all night because it it fatigues you you can't do anything you're a mess for the week the sleep lack of sleep is really detrimental in terms of recovery and being able to back it up with training so i don't tend to train through the night um, in preparation because i have done a few i've done enough races now where i've done that so I know what to expect and how my body's going to react and how your head's going to react and what things you need to do. So it's a good idea to prepare if you haven't done that before. Yeah. But I think from a training fitness point of view, it's there's no real advantage and you're best to have a long day training, get some sleep, get up in the morning and go again the next day. I think it can be, to your point, it's more of a psychological thing. Yeah. It's just knowing how to deal with that when you are in the middle of the night. It's like that time before dawn when it's 3 a.m. Yeah. And actually all you want to do is lie down, <laughs> but you've just got to push on through. And, yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, have, have, having done that a few times, you know, okay, this is that time, but it's going to go within an hour, but like, let's Absolutely. just push on through. But, uh, but yeah, if you haven't, as you say, if it's the first time you're doing these overnight races, you might want to test it before yeah. the actual race. Yep. But Absolutely. If you're experienced. I mean, it's yeah. really, it's no fun to do unless you're in a race. No. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're around mates and there's a reason for doing so, it. I, Otherwise, I, you know, fighting the urge to sleep when you really could go to sleep yeah, uh, is really hard. I put down my like my raving years in London back in the day as my like sleep deprivation <laughs> training, like the 24, like the 48 hour benders at the weekends. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Perfect adventure racing training. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you feel that drunk anyway at 3am in the morning on your second night. You feel pretty drunk. You may as well have had a few drinks, I suppose. It is like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Have you had any, uh, have you had any uh, DNFs when you've been adventure racing? Um, I think God's Own last year when um, we got to day six, I think, or five or six and Josh we were actually in relatively good shape in terms of, you know, a lot of people were having teams around us having trouble with their feet. It had been a really wet race and long and hard on feet. So we were doing quite well, but Josh, you know, suddenly got quite ill, vomiting and, th- um, you know, and, and diarrhea quite severe. Had I you think. been from water? I think from the water at the top of maybe Percy's Pass or something, he'd grab w- some were water. Were you putting, um, yeah, we're definitely treating it all. And, and, uh, but he might have been, I think he was a bit hung- thirsty. I don't know. Just yeah. something he'd, he, when he came back to Australia, 
he found out he had Guardia, so he'd picked it up somewhere and it yeah. came on quite suddenly. Do you use a filter or like you do it just with chlorine? We just use drops. And, yeah, yeah, yeah chlorine yeah. drops. I think it's my, yeah. And just wait, you know, yeah. 10, 15 minutes or whatever for it to set. So, yeah. I mean, that had been a pretty, it had been a tough race. One of the legs, leg three was a super long leg that had, I think it was three day leg almost and we'd run out of food. So it'd been tough. So I think by the time you get to day six, it's just system can't tolerate that you know he yeah. josh is a bloody tough guy yeah. um he'd raced a, a wild side expedition race the year before where he was sick and we dragged him around the course for a day and a half and to his credit like i the state he was in i can't believe he got he got through so yeah he just couldn't get off the ground he couldn't stop throwing up so that was the prior years so you knew that we knew yeah he, he could he, do it if he could yeah, right yeah, yeah so so that was probably the first and, and in that DNF. one, you couldn't um, you couldn't continue as a three. Yeah, we were in the we had a kayak leg to go, um, and so once we, we sort of waited at the TA for um, twenty four hours to see if he or to see if he was going to come good, and hoping that you know a bit of a sleep would make you know maybe he'd get a bit better, but he was not coming any good, and that there was a short kayak leg, um, so you needed four people in the boats, and there wasn't anyone coming behind us. Um, for a bit and then we're into a track leg with notes so yeah he couldn't yeah, yeah. he couldn't continue and once you've kind of stopped it's, it's really tough isn't it with um it's super with, a team, tough. with a team of four like one of you you because you feel massive guilt about yeah. you're just ruining everyone else's especially you know, if it's something like Oxford trail walker people can continue whatever yeah. but in an adventure race that's it your team's out yeah, yeah and it's, uh, so yeah i mean it is it is tough yeah. Um, and yeah, you're gonna f- you feel bad. You, it's like an anticlimax to not finishing, but he's always gonna feel so much worse than anyone else. Yeah. But it is, it's part of the sport as well. You know, yeah. it's the good and, and that's the bad. Where it comes down to being like a really strong team dynamic yep. and being mates is like that you just yeah. You, you roll and he's with that, always gonna beat himself up more than we ever. Like we're like, oh well, like stuff happens. It's annoying, but th- that it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- I think this, his scars from being the one to put to DNF, to pull out yeah. um, are always worse, but there's no blame. You know, it's just, it's one of those things and you always hope it's not going to be you, but potentially yeah. at some stage it's going to be you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. And, and what other um, part of the Adventure Race World Series, what other races have you, have you done? Did you say you went to China? Did you do uh, the China? I've done one of the China um, races. They're not the Xterra, not the... Um, the they did Adventure a, Racing World Series one, just one yeah, of the... They did a trial one, and then actually last year they like had to yeah. cancel on the start line. I still don't know what happened there, actually. I don't yeah, know if you know I think the it just got scrutiny. quite... Um, I think the political, political tensions around that area, they were sort of advised not to and yeah. couldn't, you know, were, their permits or something were revoked or something yeah, i think yeah. it was beyond their control really but the, the like test one they did the year before or two years before it looked amazing yeah actually. It looked absolutely stunning yeah it yeah. did look good um i haven't done that it does look a great place to race i've done a couple of the um stage racing in china like yeah. wulong where it's you know the four day stage racing where you go and you smack yourself silly in a team of four one day for you know five to eight hours and then you do it again the next day and then yeah. the next day and then the next day you know you just progressively start sore and sore and with more and more compression or bandages on to get through the days. so um that's super competitive what were the racing. names of those races on? um so i think i did uh i didn't say it's wulong but it's 
Um, yeah, there's there's a sort of series over there. There's yeah. quite a lot of prize money, so you get a lot of the you know professional or semi-professional races um, and adventure racing that do a lot of it over there. Yeah. Um, there's most of it's stage racing, so it might be two to four days. Yeah. Um, I think there's one race that goes um, over like a 24-hour type race. Yeah. Um, but same same principle. A bit of it, bit of navigation. Some of it's marked. Um, teams of four biking, yeah. paddling. There's often a, you know, a, a wheelbarrow carry or a, some yeah, yeah, weird some China random random things. Um, like so they're a bit of fun. Pottery or something. Yeah, yeah. Make some. Yeah. So they're they're a bit of fun. Smoking opium. No, no, maybe not that. Um, but you you didn't go to Reunion Island last year though. No, did you? no. no uh, that that race looked absolutely yeah. brutal. I follow a lot of my twin sister Elizabeth raced um, in her, in with Tri Adventure Antelopes yeah. and yeah, it was super brutal. Uh, certainly know a few other people that raced. It was pretty tough. I mean, it looked amazing it looked from stunning, a spectator point of view but i think yeah. it was certainly lots of vertical meters and lots of climbing gear and climbing that i needed to carry and, and do yeah so. and then like carrying the pack rafts for like the yeah. 120k first hike just look everyone's feet got shredded straight yeah. away didn't they? yeah yeah and i think and there was like, a hiker bike for about 50k or something yeah i don't think there was a lot of rideable tracks on that sort of island there yeah. so yeah i mean that's a bit that's the amazing thing about adventure racing it gets you to these places that you would never otherwise go. We went as a team to Expedition Africa two years ago. Oh, wow. Um, and it was amazing down at like South Africa, Cape St. Francis. You know, we just had a, an amazing time. We did super well, um, came second, but, you know, went on a safari, just saw some absolutely amazing places that you would never, you know, in the middle of the wilderness that you would never go to these places um even if you lived in the country a lot of the time so yeah. it certainly gets you to um yeah some experience some amazing things and actually on that you just got back from expedition india and there were uh how many teams were in the race there was about 20 I think it was 26 20? yeah 26, i think they had 26 yeah. 27 and actually teams. quite a few indian teams as yeah, well yeah which was there? fantastic it yeah. was really good um i think they've had the most uh, they run maybe two other versions of this this is the first year that it was officially in the um world series race um and yeah certainly they had the most indian teams this year so that was a really good for the local teams and in fact the african team like the uh, race directors were also race directing this with them as well weren't they? yeah so um heidi and stefan who and run Stephen, um expedition africa they have run the last two um expedition indias so last year was a demonstration event yeah and then this year um it was in their world series yeah. and they put on an amazing event they the court stefan sets an awesome course heidi looks after competitors it's kind of a bit of an all-inclusive package they they're seriously professional and do it really well. So they run a great event. Yeah. Um, I'd highly recommend their their events. Um, I think India was always going to be, a, you know, a destination race. It's a cultural experience plus, a, you know, up in the Himalayas, it's the definition of a destination yeah. race. So it was absolutely amazing. We went there a couple of days before and went down to Taj Mahal and saw the sights of Delhi and, you know, got the culture shock a bit out of our system, um, got used to Indian time and how things work um, or don't work. They just, you know, it'll <laughs> happen eventually. So I'm sure I think some of the transitions, I weren't sure if we were more stressed or the 
organizers were more stressed with just logistics and India time. Um, but it, yeah, it was, it was just so different, you know, um, it's an amazing place. The people are awesome. It's, there's, it's quite over, you know, it's overpopulated. It's a third world country. There's rubbish everywhere. Even in the Himalaya regions that you were I, I was surprised actually how many still little villages and um, goat herders you'd see out in the middle of, you know, sort of nowhere. Whereas in a lot of other races and other places, you just, you wouldn't see anyone for days. Whereas you were still seeing people m- most of the race, you know, and you're going through lots of these little villages and, and stuff. So it, I heard some yeah, great stories good. about people going and like staying in people's houses and stuff so along the way. So super Did friendly. Yeah. So we, like everyone that you passed, was, you know, namaste, hi. Like they were just amazingly friendly. Yeah, lots of people when they were a bit sick or had, you know, gone in to stay with different people or they'd welcome them in. We were trying to find this path up to the temple, which was a bit of a, it was a marked track or drawn on track on the map. And we were, we're up there sort of at night and the checkpoint at the bottom was missing so we were we kind of we knew we were in the right spot but it was like had a little doubt and the track got quite sketchy so we'd sort of gone up and down a few times and it got more sketchy we weren't sure if it should have been a, a path or a, just a way through anyway we sort of slept down the bottom there but we must have gone up past this guy's house like three or four times and his dogs kept barking so all night plus he'd probably had teens like before us and teens coming after us and yet when we passed him the next morning you know for the whatever time he's like hi no you know namaste and oh somebody left this behind so yeah everyone was just like the just so friendly and welcoming and probably looking at us going what what the hell are you doing yeah yeah um well, uh, apparently the maps were pretty tough to decide. That, yeah, so Hugh again was navving for us, and we had a couple of couple of nav errors. But I think the maps are super busy. It's a developing country, so you know the maps, the roads have changed. Um, there's lots of roads that aren't marked on a map. Um, there's local village, you know, roads routes that the villagers use to get between. So I think you had to use a bit of um imagination and yeah. you know well it's almost like be a pure track. There road be a track and just between these there aren't two any yeah. There, yeah so it was super hard nav yeah. um and like hats off to him like he did a great job um i definitely wouldn't want to be the one you know having the soul map and being you know the person responsible for that so i think um we might have made a bit of a, a detour on one of the legs that we caught up with the dark zone that he's you know was annoyed about but it gosh yeah to just do just have that error was pretty good so it was quite challenging um for the maps and yeah so most teams you know some of the best navigators were all getting a bit lost and wandering around and yeah so it was pretty good yeah and it started high up in the Himalaya what what elevation we started about 2200 I think okay um and sort of stayed around there the highest we got to was just under 3000 up to a temple and we're sort of up and down a bit from there and finished at about 2200 as well I think in Shimla so started in Manali and finished in Shimla so it looked pretty cold yeah I think it wasn't until two week two months before the race so we'd seen all the promo shots we're signed up going yep himalayas india tick tick let's go like and all the promo shots they'd done in summer so they're in shorts and a t-shirt rafting (laughs) and mountain biking the sun's out it's super green and we're like this is gonna be awesome and then about two months before the race like two months ago 
we're getting these reports that, and checking going, guys, there's snow. Like, there's a lot of snow there. Like, still, um, it's going to be really cold. So we invested in dry suits for the oh, rafting because we were like, it's really cold. So it just all of a sudden changed my mindset to, I didn't think it was going to be cold. Oh, my God, it's going to be cold. Oh, so it was, it was like we were up through snow and it was yeah. cold, but not as we were lucky that there wasn't a lot of rain or, yeah, yeah. or snow. They'd had if some big dumps snowing, of snow like the week before and rain and lots of landslides that caused a few headaches for logistics and the course might have been yeah. changed a little bit. Um, but it, yeah, it was, yeah, a lot colder than I was expecting, and, yeah. but not as high. They'd gone quite high the year before up to 4,000 or 5,000 even yeah, and decimated the, the field. Um, so, yeah, I think even even at that first trek when we were going up to close to 3,000, I wasn't feeling super great, yeah. but it wasn't super altitude. You know you're going to be dropping soon yeah. after. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and it was the a couple, the French teams that came. Was it two French teams that yeah, came? Yeah, they did really well. Yeah, really yep, strong. Nature, uh, Nature X yeah. um, sort of went away with it from early on there was another french team that came into second so the blackouts uh, make a huge difference though don't they when you get to uh, along the rivers where you you have to um camp along the side of the rivers it changes yeah yeah the rafting the second rafting leg we'd all kind of seen the logistics planner and worked out that you were going to be really hard pressed to not get caught in that and it was going to likely bunch up the field so we were anticipating that we'd get in there sort of in the evening get a decent like get a most of a night's sleep and then all sort of have a bit of a restart yeah and as it as it turned out we got a little bit lost on our trek did a bit of a detour so we um only got a couple of hours sleep on the court out on course and then got to the start of the rafting just in time to sort of catch up with the rest of the the top I think we were, must have been in eighth position back by then I think yeah. um and so we the dark zone that we thought we'd get lots of sleep in we only got a couple of hours but then the raftings the rafts weren't there because they yeah. the you know the driver had had a nap or something so they were a bit late That's so the right, start like was a Stefan bit late Heidi, just been like, oh, just <laughs> yeah they did an amazing job I think yeah. and he just it is what you it is. It's India. It. Yeah, exactly. And it's adventure racing, right? Yeah. You just expect whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, not gonna, you're not going to start for complaining. No, Everyone's they the did a really and... good job of managing that and organising that. So then, um, yeah, we had a couple of extra hours. So we might have had three or four hours sleep as opposed to some of the others who had seven or eight. But it At that of, stage, it doesn't it's make not, a massive not, amount yeah, of difference. Yeah, like almost no. you're going, well, seven or eight hours is almost too much, yeah. you know, or is a luxury to have. Yeah. So that the dark zone worked well for us because we thought it and then yeah, where did you finish up. up in the end we finished in sixth okay solid yeah, yeah yeah so that was not bad i uh the last trek sort of got quite sick got the full india experience oh did you the deli belly got the deli belly caught me up so i just like uh, i'll have uh fond fond or not so fond memories of you know, hopefully the that wasn't in the dry suit no oh, thank goodness <laughs> we did we did unfortunately pass one team who on the rafting who were with one guy trying to get out of the dry suit to, to do just that. And he, I think, later filled that dry suit. Um, but that wasn't so pleasant. But, yeah, luckily for me, it was just it was on a trek, on the trek. And so we had about 2,200-metre climb up to this temple to get up to about 2,800. And I'd thrown up and had diarrhoea at the bottom. So the whole way up, I was kind of on tow with oh. the boys taking my pack and just feeling just 
feeling my pants and like going, oh, just go, you know, and you're kind of in your head going, I know my mind will quit before my body does, like we'll go in, but my mind really feels like quitting right about now. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd and you got it. through, like, was it a 24-hour thing or? Uh, I was sort of still, I think for that sort of 24-hour period, I'd had maybe a couple of wine Emodium. gums and a little bit of a uh, wrap and a lot of emodium and yeah. oh, nothing really worked. And I'd, look, by the time I we had that trek to finish and then the bike leg um which i was starting to able to eat a little bit and just a bit of you know stomach cramps and stuff so yeah it wasn't pretty i was glad to get to the end yeah i'm sure <laughs> you sure were, I'm, and the, did you manage to stomach the pizza did you get pizza at the finish line uh, that's a classic we had some, no curry it's oh, in it's india curry, right it's curry yeah, breakfast yeah. lunch and dinner yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sure, it's an extra curry. thing so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pizza would have been nice but no uh, i couldn't <laughs> yeah. really i think um and that's it's taken me uh, the boys did super well they got a bit sick after the race yeah um there's lots of teams getting sick it's you know you've got to be so careful with the water with and the water, i probably yeah. just you were picking up water on course or were they most going? of it was uh, they yeah, had bottled water in transitions yeah, that's um, good, yeah and then we'd treat any water that we yeah, need yeah. to pick up on on route you i think just maybe careful. when we we're rafting it might have got a bit of splash yeah. that's got in the mouth and uh, who knows what it was i think that was kind of it so i even uh, yeah, everyone was a bit average afterwards and yeah. flying home. So I lost a few more kilos than I w- would care to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so certainly on the build-up burn after yeah, after well, India, that's the good thing about on. you can yeah, the putting it back on is the best bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's t- it took a good week or so before I could really Stomach. you know until I was back in Australia before I started to reload up. But I'm making up for lost time now. Yeah, so. yeah. What have yeah. you uh, What have you got lined up, Burn? What's in the uh, in the the calendar for the rest of the 2019 oh, and 2020? Well, they just uh, re- launched the XBD dates for they have July for, for next year, yeah. so that's exciting. And we did hear as well about um, the Expedition Africa guys that were over there with their 10 year anniversaries next year for Expedition Africa. So I think that might be a good one as well. Yeah. But yeah, um, XPD would be sounds awesome next year. Um, this year, there's a few local, the A1 series, a couple of local races coming up. Sort of the Queen's Birthday Weekend GeoQuest is uh, on the calendar. And then we're sort of... The se- Queen's Birthday GeoQuest, what date's that? Uh, so June, the June, our June long weekend. Oh, so I should know, early. it's our Queen as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the dates in different countries are <laughs> okay. the same. But yeah, uh, early... Yeah, does she have two birthdays? <laughs> That's right, yeah. I don't think it's un- her actual birthday anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, June, early June uh, yeah. is a 48-hour race. Uh, in Queensland or? Um, it's in New South Wales, I think, Yamba this mm-hmm. year. It's okay. always on that sort of New South Wales coast. Um, so we'll do that as a team. And then, yeah, Sri Lanka is on this year. Yeah. Um, are, are at the you, Worlds. Uh, and there's also up? Eco Challenge. Yes. So have you got a team? They haven't, they haven't really announced teams officially so you've replied, yet. Though. But we've, yeah, we uh, I think... I've got a got a might be good to have a team. Might be yeah. busy. I might I might be busy in September, uh, in yeah. Fiji. Um, so we're just yeah waiting on a few more yeah. press are, releases are you, and stuff. Are you signed up for Sri Lanka? Uh, not yet. So I th- okay. yeah, as I said, I think um, I'll be racing an Eco Challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, so d- probably with my sister in a team. Okay. Um, so that'll the be two good. of you in a team together? Yeah. Because you don't know, often don't race together, right? No, no. So, so you're in an all-female team? Um, no, two guys. Two yeah, guys so two guys, awesome. two girls. So it should be... That'll be, that'll that'll be, be so cool. pretty cool. So the, 
and this is one of the things I want to talk to you about is that like adventure racing seems to be taking a bit of a resurgence at the moment. Yeah. I don't know whether it's just because I've truly got into it over the last few years, but um, obviously it's been around. Like Eco Challenge has been going for like yeah. So they years, haven't had so Eco Challenge has just come back this year. Mark Burnett and Bear Grylls are bringing it back with Amazon. I think um, yeah. I think it's been twenty years since they last had one so they're yeah. bringing it back this year uh, i know certainly lots of teams have applied it's a bit of a casting application so i think um racing with my sister the twin thing might have got us good entry you know in, into it yeah. um, but that'll be a lot of fun with uh leo and sloshy um in our uh, team sloshy, you call yeah, yeah so yeah. that will have a lot of fun it'll yeah. be interesting to see how it goes and to bring it back because it's you raced 20 Fiji years. Did you before? I, I like no, I used to live, I lived for a couple of years in Fiji when I was little, um, like when I was five to seven, our family was over there, but no, I haven't, um, haven't raced what, there, but they've... What would it be like as a place to race? I oh, don't know, I think, any of the I mean, I think it's going to be jungle. Yeah. Um, it's eco challenge and it's for TV, so they're not going to make it easy. Yeah. Like they're going to want to break you. That's going to be good TV. It's not going to be good TV if you're just like, oh, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, yeah, we loved it. We had they so much gonna time. They're going to want to see people in the paint. Yeah, they're going to want to break you. Bear grills, so maybe we'll have to eat some random stuff. I'm, gonna, I'm sure we're going to have to build our own boat to get you're to some have to island. Drink your own kiss. And they're not going like, to it. be. It's going to be one of those races that every adventure racer wants to be in it, but if you're in it, you like don't want to be in it. Yeah, right? get so, out of here, yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, I that to amazing. Later. So it's like going home to you for you a little well, bit. As well, yeah, a little you've bit. Spent, uh, I think. Spent some time going up so, there. So yeah, so I'd love Sri Lanka. Look, Sri Lanka's up on my bucket list of just destinations oh, to go to. So, so when they announced it was there, I was like, oh, I'm in. Put me in. So we'll just sort of see if that works yeah. out as well, because that and you know would be Craig pretty will awesome. Get an amazing, oh, amazing. He's got a great event. team around him. Yeah. Craig and Louise always put on a. Fantastic, yeah. solid race, well organised. You know, details I've heard are really so good. So much about. I've never been myself, but I've heard so much about it as a destination, just yeah. for holidaying, for trail yep. running, for mountain biking around there. And so I'm pretty sure. And they've got some decent elevation. It's yeah, gonna, it would be awesome. Yeah, it would just definitely on the list. So yeah, we haven't quite worked out what's going to happen for the rest of the year because that does sound like it would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. do you fund it all? How do you, uh, do, do, like obviously well, you're your sponsor to us. Yeah, it's pretty that's much That's why I it. work. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's worse things to spend money on. Uh, yeah. Adventure racing is my hobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so mostly yeah, it's that's... sort of self-funded. And we've been lucky enough to get Aussie Grit um, on board yeah. with Thunderbolt. And they sort of, their clothing and stuff, you know, we've trialed a lot of their stuff is amazing. Yeah. It's super good quality, super durable, and super comfortable. And you help them with product um, development as well? Yeah, or? we've done a bit of that, you know, testing yeah. some different stuff and trialing it out and giving them a bit what of feedback and things. What are their So outdoor gear. But what, um, what are, so, what's the best gear? Uh, like they do bike nicks and jackets. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, running and bike riding or mountain biking is their... Um, in, in the outdoors like adventure type yeah, stuff yeah. so it works super well yeah um for us it is yeah super super comfy and super good yeah um and we've tried to trash a lot of it but it it stands up <laughs> yeah. so that's you really good it, you put it through its test um, yeah and uh, and so you're a physiotherapist uh by and uh, were you a th physiotherapist in in uk as yeah, well yeah yeah so i um you studied studied physio from um from school went yeah. to uni straight into physio um and yeah, love it. Yeah, I yeah. Um, work mostly. Or I work with neuro patients, so people who have had strokes or 
um, brain tumours or head in MS or head injuries. That's sort of my area of specialty. So I work in a hospital a few, hospital a few days in rehab and then I have my own practice a couple of days in yeah. neuro rehab. Um, and I love it. I love working with people, um, being able to help them in their, you know, some of their the toughest time or whatever yeah, but it's yeah. good it's good developing that rapport and being able to to help them you know I'm much better doing something rather than sitting at a desk yeah that's amazing but my um um yeah I've been my father had a really bad stroke and everything last year and just oh, seeing yeah. this physiotherapist the amount that they invest to try and uh, yeah, help someone be able to to get that brain elasticity yeah. and just be able to to get better and get moving again. It's uh, it must be a really rewarding. Uh, yeah, it's wrong. great. Like I I love it. It puts a lot of things into perspective. Like I'm very fortunate and lucky that I can go out for a run and a ride and adventure race and do lots of things. Um, and I'm always grateful for that. And you know, seeing someone who has who's had a stroke and can no longer sit up or stand it definitely puts things into perspective and you know reinforces how lucky you are um so then to be able to help someone in that time and work with them um give them just as much grief as i'd give anyone else yeah yeah so no it's good i'm in a very lucky position where i love what i do yeah um which is just as well and my workplace and you know are pretty good in terms of giving me leave to to do a lot of races and stuff so yeah that's cool good. that's the biggest thing as well having that flexibility of going hey by the way i'm off for two weeks yeah, yeah. Cool? and i think like, working for you i work for myself for a yeah. couple of days so that's handy because my boss on those days is amazingly understandable when i want to take time off yeah and i also think that i mean wherever you work it will help but you know yeah. you could build brand for them as well and um yeah yeah i think it's a yeah it's good to work at a flexible place um I've got a few quick fire questions for you yep. to finish up, Burn. So, uh, what what makes you emotional? Um, oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Because you seem uh, like really. Uh, I, I don't think it would take a lot to rock you. you yeah. Know? Well, I don't know. In the middle of the night, when I've been going uphill for God knows how long, and I really want to stop, it probably wouldn't take as much to make me cry. But I, um, yeah, I think seeing. I'm in a health profession, I suppose, but seeing yeah. either other people or certainly family and friends um, upset or in pain um, certainly really chokes chokes me up um, and gets me feeling feeling emotional. Um, but yeah, t- you know, I'm generally pretty happy-go-lucky and yeah, take things in my stride most yeah. of the time. Have you got any books that have been really inspirational for you? Um, I reckon I've read a few really t- books in a very timely fashion. So I think I maybe before one of my first marathons, I read Paula Radcliffe's book. Um, before maybe the, some of the Ironmans, I read Chrissy Wellington's, you know, To Fire You Up. I've just done Coast to Coast in New Zealand. I read Steve Gurney's book about that. So yeah, I do yeah, like yeah. a good biography about, you know, they do tend to inspire you and you can relate, especially if you're about to do the same kind of thing that they've done. So... Yeah, 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 I reckon they're the. Yeah, how did uh, like you did you got top ten in coast to coast yeah, recently? I, I like they're going from a side point here. But yeah, loved it. Um, it's it's such an iconic race. And you did it in the because the you can either do it like uh, as a stage race or or in a yeah you can do it as a two day race yeah um or you can do it in the one day the longest day so the elite um and yeah it's quite tight and, and cut it's off it's to on do South Island from yeah it goes a, from um 
across like at Christchurch, it finishes in at the beach at Christchurch yeah. and starts in Greymouth. So you're sort of going across the um, from west to east. Um, yeah. And it's a road it's, bike. Trail it's a run yeah. Kayak. You have a road bike, a, a short little run, a sprint really, because you're going for. A, from the beach, you sprint a couple of k's to get on the bo- road bike, and that road bike you sprint because it's a pack ride. The first one, or you can ride in a pack, so yep. you're kind of sprinting to get onto a pack. You have a 55 k road bike, and then you've got a, um, a mountain run, yep. a 35 k mountain run, a 33 k mountain run, up and over Goats Pass, which is super technical, running up a riverbed, super rocky, and then you have a 15 k road bike. Then a 70k whitewater kayak down the Waimak River, which is so spectacular, just amazing. And then you, yeah, road bike um, time trial into Christchurch, sort of 70k's to the finish. So um, it's the world multisport champs, I suppose. It's super iconic. I think if you're into anything adventure racing in New Zealand, it's a rite of passage. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, 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 it's part of the bucket list. That yeah, has to so it's definitely a bucket list event for me. My sister did it last year and I support crewed and there was no way that I was never going to do it. Yeah. Not not do it this year. Um, did she support crew you? Yeah, it was that, yeah, you had yeah. to. It was yeah, like yeah, part yeah, of the yeah. deal, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. I just think she might, she could have been like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm on holiday that week. Yeah. No, so yeah, it was great. Loved, I loved, smiled the whole race. It's spectacular. It's iconic. You're racing against the best of the best. So yeah. I was super happy to, you know, to come away in top 10, um, yeah, and happy with the yeah, race. It's uh, the, again the Kiwis who get to train on it every day. A good, um, it was good to be able to go across there a couple of times and recce the course a couple of times. Yeah, because um, that's really useful. But it's is, is self nav. Um, um, the course is marked, it's marked. effectively. Yeah. Um, or it's a it's a known trail. It's a well marked uh, trail. It's, it's the run. They will mark it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And. It's just good to go over there because it's so technical, um, rock hopping and running. There's no, we don't have places like that in Australia to train. Yeah, so it's yeah. good to do that. And the kayak, um, again, we don't have that type of whitewater here in yeah, Australia yeah. Um, that you can practice on. So it's good just to try the kayak out that you're going to paddle and just to know some of how to read the river and pick the right braids. Um, it's useful because the water was actually quite low for us this year. And yeah. so early on there was a fair bit of boot scooting yeah. You kayak across rocks and trying to pick the right braid that didn't run out of water and, you know, yeah, yeah. to get back into the main flow. So, um, iconic, amazing, smiled the whole day, loved it. Would, you know, do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, very cool. And I, I need to read Steve Gurney's book there. Do you know what it's called? I can search it out, but like it's, uh, but it's, it's specifically about coast to yeah, coast. Yeah, oh, he, he is an adventure race athlete and multi-sport racer and he, yeah. Um, is one of you know has won coast to coast a ridiculous number of times and has yeah. raced it a, a ridiculous number of times. So he's yeah. iconically coast to coast, but he's done a lot of other races. He's yeah. done so some expedition all, racing. It's autobiography, and stuff. though. So it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. an autobiography. So yeah. it was. I, and I he's, he's, a, he's a good larrikin. Um, yeah. I've met him a couple of times, like a pioneer and the coast to coast. You know, a few play. He's just he's a good bloke. He's yeah. pretty um, down to earth. Got some pretty good stories. Um, sure. So yeah, it's you know he's a bit of a, I'm a novel inventor. I'm a fan of Gurney Goo as well. Yeah. Yeah, like I um, and actually like one of the questions I asked you in a minute is like a, a top. I've asked you now, but like Top Gear that 
you've bought for under a hundred bucks. Mm. Um, and I've had a few people that we've interviewed say like Gurney Goo is yeah. like one of their best bit of kit. But what's your uh, best bit of kit for under a hundred bucks? Well, I suppose on the Gurney, yeah, it's definitely something I, I was going to say, um, you know, some socks or something that I've, you know, I've got these socks that I've worn what? quite a few times. Just, I don't know, you know, got them off Wiggle, some DHB socks, whatever. They're pretty good. But I think um, pseudo cream is my number one yeah. thing. And you just paste it feet yeah yeah it, but everywhere yeah. um i would not race without it so yeah pseudo cream or gurney goose you know yeah, it's yeah, of yeah. a similar substance i've certainly done um a couple of super wet races i remember one the geoquest week race which is on in june which is coming up um a couple of years ago was so wet so from the start i pretty much covered myself in pseudo cream because i knew that i was just going to be wet for the entire thing so back arms legs butt feet just and it just Pseudo stops those up. blisters. It just stops yeah, it just like gives a little bit of a waterproof barrier, a little bit of zinc, so it's sort of antibacterial. Um, yeah, and friction. You know, you often say in an, in any sort of racing or adventure racing, you don't really want to be stopping. You want to just do everything on the run, but there's always time to stop for to yeah. lube up and to you're always to allowed if you've got the, a hot spot. The one thing that's going to really stop you is going to be some stupid little blister. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so pseudo cream's my go-to for that. Are there any uh, are there any podcasts that you listen to? I don't know if you're uh, you consume podcast content. Yeah, I do. I do consume podcasts. Like, like there's quite a. F- I'm not, but I quite like the serial podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the about crime and some good stories, but the American America's Life and yeah, the serial this American are an Life excellent, is really good. Yeah, an yeah. excellent one. Um, I do listen to some of the. Um, like fitter radio podcasts they're a lot about the the triathletes and i'm in and um fitter radio fitter radio yeah, it's, an, it's, it's a kiwi it's kiwi is it yeah. yeah um so that's quite interesting they're up into all the research on sports science and training yeah. and a lot of athletes around um a lot of triathletes around in different doing different races so that's quite interesting yeah. um there's a you know ta1 adventure is adventure racing podcast that talked to some interesting guys so that's today one TA1. TA1. Yep. So okay, Randy yeah. Erickson um, takes that ah, one. So he okay, yeah. speaks to a lot of the adventure races. So sometimes it's good after a race to hear other stories. You know, you're reading race reports or checking on Facebook and what's happening, but he'll speak to get yeah. some sort of hands-on stories. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and we'll see what... Yeah, it's good cool. to hear other stories of what other people are doing. Yeah, yeah, tier one, I'll, I'll check that out as well. And um, and what is? I love to ask this question. I actually, when like in the business world, I always ask this whenever I'm interviewing people to come work with me for me or in, for our businesses. What's your proudest, uh, both personal and professional moment of your life? Yeah. So, what's the thing well, that think, you look back on and most I proud think of? Professionally, I'm pretty l- lucky in that I. There's a few different patients that stick in my mind about yeah. achievements that we've wor- I've worked with them to help achieve, and they're real often tearjerker moments when, you know, they're tell, tell me you about know, one of them. happy. Just oh, I remember seeing this lady in the UK who had been just discharged from hospital after quite a severe stroke, basically set up in a um, hospital bed at home, um, and that was it like you know she was that thought that's where she was and she was quite you know young like 50s I think and I just remember seeing her over a period of a couple of months and she was bed bound when I saw her but I think she just had never been given that opportunity for rehab so being able to get her up and in the end she was you know able to walk and get out 
to a car with her husband and go out and just have those moments um, where of for her she thought her life was going one way and that was it and being able to get, um, work with her to enable her to you know change that path and so there's I'm quite lucky in that there's often a lot of those patients that stick in my mind where I have been able to you know they've suffered some catastrophic event um, but to be able to help them you know it's it literally does elicit tears of joy. Yeah, I can um, actually see you getting like, quite emotional amazing. thinking about so it now. So it's really good. Amazing. You work with them, you develop, you know, you get to know them quite well. So that's, for me, I'm very yeah, lucky. What a great that profession to work in when something you can that like, I get to do. properly change people's lives. Yeah. Um, and personally, I think, you know, every um, big race that you've done, that f- finish line feeling when you're, you know, coast to coast, uh, crossing the finish line in, you know, in a God zone or, uh, you know, some of those, my in that first expedition race, you know, God zone and or crossing the finish line at the first Ironman or Hawaii. It's just that feeling when you cross the finish line and you've had a, you know, a decent race and you just like all this, all the work that you've put in and all the um, nerves and the worry and the anxiety and the pain that you've, the mental pain that you've gone through during the race to keep going, keep going, don't quit, don't quit, keep going. It's just that, it's unbelievable, like ecstasy, that feeling at the finish line. And yeah, even when you think about it, you're like, yeah, that's what. Hairs on the back of the yeah, neck stuff, isn't it? it really does. So I think the the more scared you are by a race, the bigger, the better, and the harder that it's been during, yeah. often the better, the better the feeling is at the finish. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Thanks, Fern. And it's <clears throat> adventure racing. I think is just such an amazing, amazing sport that takes us back to the just really. It's, it puts you through the toughest. Um, it puts you through the mill. It's the most. It's difficult. I think sport and actually getting getting females into the sport mm. is a real real challenge oh, not a challenge but uh, I think people go well why would I want to be out there for six days and so um what I, yeah what, what are your ideas about getting more more women into the sort of expedition adventure racing and what are yours I suppose advice for um um for anyone any, yeah well I think um I think sport, yeah, women in sport in general is certainly increasing. Um, And, I mean, the same for men. I think maybe amongst um, women it's less uh, accepted that, you know, or less challenged to do some of those activities. Um, But I think when I was hearing about, you know, doing a race for six days and not sleeping, I was like what why like it just seems stupid and I think um the same as an Ironman when you first hear about it you think oh that's impossible I'm never going to be able to do that um and so seeing people doing it so watching that first Ironman and seeing the elite runners to Joe Blow doing it and you know the people at the back going oh well actually anyone can do it so I think the more coverage that's getting out there to see people doing it like role models um of other females racing and having fun or 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 not having fun but doing it (laughs) um enjoying the finish line having fun the finish line um (laughs) i think the more that you see them you kind of realize oh well they're actually they are just a bit they are like me it is doable um because it wasn't you know once you're doing it 
it, it is achievable. You know, yeah. it seems like these un, uh, these unachievable events, but a lot of people do do them and they survive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And have a lot of fun doing it. So, yeah, the more that I hear about and see all these people doing other events is the more that I want to do that. And so um, that enthusiasm, I think, is infectious to the people around you. So yeah. if you're exposed to that, um, that's... Yeah, and I think that's, uh, you know, Endurance Asia is all about ordinary people achieving yeah. extraordinary feats. Yep. And, and when you can, you see people out there, you think, actually, yeah, no, I can do that too. Yeah. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons I was so pleased to be able to share your story as yeah. well, is that like, you know, you're like anyone can actually just go out there and try and start Absolutely. and give it a go. And, yeah. um from just doing your original few triathlons and then actually I'm, I'm sure your sister had a big part of it of you two competing with each other but just seeing those women thinking hey, if they can do it I can yeah and it and it very much is like that I think um it takes all abilities to be you know to do it um whether you're doing it faster or you know taking the shortest amount of days or the longest amount of days I think the beauty of it is you're out there with your mates yeah. and you're having fun in the bush like yeah that's yeah. It's pretty good. You can go at different paces, but yeah, it is such an amazing and experience. Actually, when um, I did XPD last year, and your sister um, and your sister and the team, they smashed it yeah. and won it, and then they they were there watching the final people get yeah. over the finish line and yeah. that's the great thing is that the actually the cheering the last people to yeah. finish a race is they almost you look at like UTMB or any of these big races like ultra marathons like everyone's there cheering the yeah. last people to get over as much as the first yeah. people yeah. and that's I mean for me I'm always out there like I take I really enjoy support crewing or just being out there and seeing other people race so um that that motivates me and gets me excited just being amongst it so that's yeah. you know as we were talking about before when you're if you're support crewing or just getting involved it does motivate you to give it a try and because you do see that it's quite achievable um yeah burn it's been brilliant thank you so much for making the time no I'm, worries. Uh, thank yeah, you. Um, I'm really excited to see how you get on at eco <laughs> challenge i know there's they've not announced the places but that's going to be a, a brilliant show i think adventure racing is one of those sports that if they could find a way to to really i think social media has given it away to be able to people yeah. follow a lot better and obviously dot watching but if there was a way to true i mean I, i've been thinking about like you know following with um with drones and stuff yeah. and just being able to make it a really accessible sport to be yep. able to spectator um i i think that there's but that there's this sport's going to go huge over the next yeah. five to ten the years the stories that come out of it you know i i just take my gopro out on course and just get little snippets of bits and, and pieces as she's going but um yeah there's potential is amazing because the stories for each that each team comes back often the best time after an expedition race is those few days when you're catching up with your other teams are finishing and you're just swapping stories about did you remember did did this happen to you you know or did that happen or what happened um people were the course during the night whereas you were there at the day so you just get to swap stories um, and they're hilarious. Like you would not believe the stuff that goes on out in the course. So it's yeah, it's like yeah. proper war stories, yeah. isn't it? it is yeah, like you're all yeah, out there. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I hope you guys get a slot in there and, uh, and really uh, look forward to following it on there. What channel is it going to be on? Is it Amazon? I think, say? yeah. It's Amazon, Amazon that are running it. And oh. then, uh, and then, yeah, I, I hope you find it in your diary to get in the world champs yeah, in Sri Lanka as well. I'm hoping to be there actually as yeah. a, a, just, a, I'm not racing, but yeah. just as, um, yeah, to kind of crew and to be a support. Fingers crossed, like I need to, yeah, but. Um, awesome. Be, uh, yeah, well, that's the like destination. Plus, it should be good. Yeah, it looks amazing. Burn, thank you so thank much. You. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Rick. How you doing, sir? Good, Scott. How are you? How's San Francisco? <sighs> San Francisco is nice, mate. Yeah, it's... um. Got out for a little run along the um, along the coastline this morning. It was, um, but yeah, looking to jet lagged a little bit. But it's good to be in the US. Um, how's everything back in Singapore? You got uh, inundated with a downpour this morning. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wet. It's all good. Um, planning to get out this weekend on the uh, the Woodcutters Trail, which I think you and I have done a way back, but. Haven't been back for a while. Yeah, it's actually an illegal trail, I think. So we better, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah. You edit have... out of the podcast, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, mate, how did you um, how did you find the chat with Burn? Yeah, really interesting. I thought it was good timing as well, wasn't it? Following on from uh, from Ryan's pod the other week, um, and uh, and obviously that focused a bit more on uh, adventure racing, kind of declining a little bit as trail running became more popular. But um, it's great. I mean, it's quite. Um, just really exciting hearing about all the adventures. And I think part of it is, is just a, 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 the, the scale of these adventures, these, the, the adventure racing is just so much bigger and, and wilder than, than uh, most of the, the races that we're talking about in, uh, in other podcasts. Yeah, the India um, expedition race, uh, expedition India sounded absolutely amazing, like just complete and utter wilderness that, you know, the, these people wouldn't have seen Westerners at all, let alone like having a, have people racing, um, uh, yeah, across their doorsteps. But that sounded like a, an amazing, amazing race. Yeah, and it, you know, it was a real reminder of just how many amazing places there are across Asia, Asia Pacific, um, God's Own, and uh, and all these others that she talked about. Yeah, and they're about to head to Fiji, which is going to be just an amazing place to race in. Yeah, so that starts this week, I think, is it, or, or next week? But then uh, doesn't air until sometime next year. Yeah, I, I did check in with Burn to see exactly, like, because there, there's there starts this weekend. And I believe it, the actual race is going to be around 10 days, which is the, the like longest that any expedition race is ever like the, the longest God zone, I think was, um, was like a seven days for the winners to finish. So, um, I, she, she seems to think that they're going to put them through their paces. I mean, and it's billed itself as the toughest race in the world. So I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's going to take a, take a good 10 days. And um, yeah, Mark Burnett and, uh, and Bear Grylls, they're not going to make it easy for them. No, but she sounds like she'll, uh, she'll give it a good crack. Yeah, I think there's going to be an amazing storyline as well with her and her, her and her twin sister. 
I don't know if you like picked up on the like competitiveness between them. It's quite uh, it's quite interesting. Like they're obviously racing against each other in in, in quite a few races, but then they're. Uh, yeah, I, I think one of the reasons that they are so elite is that they um they they push each other to be better. Well, it's also interesting, right? Because it's it's kind of it's it's almost like a it's like a case study, like a lab test. Like you've got you know the same genetics. It all just comes down to training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely true, and 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 teammates as well. And I think I the listening back to the podcast, what I what I loved about it is just hearing about the the dynamics of the team and what she make thinks makes a um, a really high performing team in adventure races. And and I kind of echo that first and foremost having being friends and having that level of relationship that you know when times do really get tough in the middle of like five days in and you're you're lost that um that you can uh yeah that it doesn't all fall to pieces you've got that base of a friendship to be able to see you through it yeah absolutely um but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to talk too much about the results until it airs on Amazon Prime next year. But I think it's going to be a full series on Amazon Prime. So we'll have to wait with bated breath until uh, until like January or February next year when it's aired. Um, but what results that we can talk about, though, are the uh, the UTMB races over the over the past weekend. That was just an amazing follow. Like I was, I, I loved watching and um, yeah, following that whole race um, from Courtney DeWater, but um, which is what an unbelievable performance from her. Just, uh, I think she finished. Was it? 15th overall or, or 13th overall no, top 20 or top 21 or something like that but yeah just 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 absolutely uh amazing one thing i was actually i, I meant to check up on but um um yao miao the uh chinese runner who was actually she was winning uh or she, she was in front for the first part of the race i don't know i was trying to see what actually happened to her and i couldn't see in any of the race reports what um <laughs> I read something no, I about Courtney, uh, Courtney passing her at 80k, but um, what happened to her? I, I think she may have dropped. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I, she had because when I when I was uh, like following it, it said that she was she was still in there. But um, but yeah, onto on the like the the male side, the um, yeah, the, the Spanish dude that um that won it was um w- was unbelievable. Like I was just following it live and just looking so strong. But the one I was um, um, I'm sorry, the, the name escapes me. The Spanish it begins with P. Uh, but um yeah um but yeah the one that i really want to talk about is um is uh wong ho chung like what uh of the north face adventure racing team what an unbelievable performance just um pacing it perfectly and coming in sixth at the end uh just so delighted to see that to see a um a hong kong runner just finishing in the top 10 uh oh just brilliant performance yeah and i mean just as you say great watching it online just just seeing him slowly creeping up and uh i think when you and i went out for a run in the afternoon he was in 15th or 16th maybe and just just kept moving forward 
Yeah, and and finishing like hand in hand with um with the other, I believe, a Spanish runner. Um, and the story behind that was that the um that actually Wong Ho Chong took a wrong turning, and and the guy coming from behind him that he'd overtaken like called him back. And uh, I think Wong Ho Chung was having uh, like a few issues with his leg, but they just decided to run the last um, uh, last few miles in in together and, uh, and and ran over the line together. And ah, oh, like that kind of thing in endurance sports, just like you know, puts a puts a lump in your throat, brings a tear to the glass eye, and um, it's what it's all about. That um, you know, over such a long period of racing, that two guys would just um, yeah, just see see it to the finish line together. Yeah, it was nice to see they corrected the results. I think originally they had him finishing seventh, didn't they? But um, and a second behind, but then they've corrected it to to show that joint finish. Yeah, that's that's really nice. A nice nod. Um, but uh, I yeah, it was. Um, I think that um, it was a good performance by Jay. I think he sort of finished top fifty as well um, from Thailand. I think he's he. Um, he was around the, the 50 mark the whole way. Um, I understand that um, that David Sempat, um, the North Face Adventure team in uh, in Malaysia, he actually got an injury. He had someone's pole had um, had cut the back his Achilles, and he had to pull after about 30 miles, I think, which was a real shame. Yeah, uh, and uh, Stingray, I think it sounded like Stingray struggled a bit with the altitude. From he did the CCC, I think. Um, yeah, it was Triple C. Still, still in a decent performance. Oh, it's still a great run. I think, um, where, where did he come in in the end? It was, um, I think, yeah. It was, top, top 30, top 50, maybe. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it, with David Simpat's uh, like injury with the pole, I, I, I saw a few pictures of... Um, of just the cues of people uh, like some of the runners, uh, I saw someone's Facebook posts, and uh, and it made me just think that actually the race must be quite a bit of a procession. Actually, made me think of like Everest on like a summit day. You know, it's just like you're stuck behind behind people, and I, I understand they sort of let them off in waves a little bit, but uh, but yeah, I mean, such a beautiful part of the world. I think it would be quite frustrating if you were standing there like queuing up going up one of the one of the climbs yeah it's tricky isn't it because i think it's uh it, it does look busy but at the same time there's there's just clearly all the uh the excitement and the emotion that comes with just just it being the, the center of the the running world's attention for that weekend and, and i'm sure it's pretty uh pretty amazing to be a part of one of those races yeah such an iconic race and um, i'm sure is a bucket list for um for a lot more people in um in asia um, Another good and, and Harry Jones worth worth a mention as well. Just um, Chiang Mai based runner did uh, again just a really strong finish, moving up from twenty mid twenties to finishing fifteenth overall. Um, that's right. Again, just in terms yeah. of really, really. I was really I, yeah. I was looking. I was looking at his Strava segments on. Oh, not segments, but his uh, his pace at kilometers and the speed he was going down the hills. Like he's doing like four minute kilometers running down some of those uh over down some of those passes yeah it's just crazy speed isn't it um yeah, yeah. But, and even even towards the end some of the some of the, the, the pace there is yeah i um uh marie mcnaughton unfortunately had to um had to pull after about 60 miles i think i heard that she'd um 
uh, after doing like Western States, I think it was like doing 200 milers in, in quite quick succession is a, yeah, is a, is a big, um, a big task. But, um, Chris, um, Chris Kwan from, um, from Hong Kong, um, who's also did the Hong Kong four trails. She, uh, um, she, she did a good finish. Um, but yeah, there was a, it, was a um, it, it sounds like an extremely tough race. Um, and yeah, I think, I would definitely like to to get out there and experience it at some at some point. Uh, good stuff, sir. Well, um, yeah, TMBT is coming up in a in a couple of weeks. Um, unfortunately, you're not not going to be joining with us, but um, but yeah, we're looking forward to um to speaking to race organisers there and some of the um uh, and some of the races. But um, um, yeah, it'll be a good one. So. Uh... Looking forward to seeing how you. you oh, mate, I'm like really worried about it. To be honest, I've uh, I'm, yeah, in San Francisco at the moment, then head to London, and then I'm straight off a red eye and straight over to uh, to Borneo. So I am not holding out much hopes, but you know, pretty decent training block. Well, it's like you're, like, it's like you're saying to burn. That's that's good for the sleep deprivation. Training. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But um, but yeah, no, looking forward to getting back out to um to um to around Kota Kinabalu um and yeah we've got um we're we're catching up with the um with the coached guys um next Friday and we'll be publishing their podcast pretty soon uh going through some of the results from um from lab testings doing fuel efficiency and lactate threshold um so yeah look forward to um to talking uh talking about that all good look forward to having you back here good stuff nice one Rick speak to you soon and for all listeners don't forget to follow on all of the social channels and uh five star reviews on the um uh on apple podcasts and the like and um we'll look forward to um to sharing the next podcast in a, in a couple of weeks time tell the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad